Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, and we're back with our pop culture roundup edition for the week. Um, shout out to all of you guys who might be listening to me for the first time because you listened to my episode of Seeking Sister Wife with Jake, aka Poodle of Reality Gaze. Thank you. You guys have been really supportive and very, very kind, but I have to issue a bit of a disclaimer. Like, babe, lower those expectations. I'm not that funny. Okay. It's real inconsistent around here. So I encourage you to stick to it. See how you like it. Hopefully you stay around, but no guarantees, babe. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, We have so much to talk about so much on our docket for the week. We really just got to dive in. Okay. Ready? Let's go. Starting with, uh, we have a bit of an update. Last week, I talked about how uh, Neo's wife, Crystal Renee, went on Instagram to blast the fuck out of him and basically told us, don't tell me about any more women that Neo has been cheating on me with. I got it. I get it. And I don't want to hear it anymore. Done. Okay, I'm done. Neo responded, your typical Hollywood, respect our privacy, families go through ups and downs, blah, blah, blah. Crystal has officially filed for a divorce, uh, citing irreconcilable differences. Um, That difference apparently is that Neo has fathered a child while in this whole ass marriage with Crystal. Um, They just renewed their vows a couple months ago. And I think we all know that is really the kiss of death. Um, you know, we can't really be surprised, can we? I mean, it is a, a cold world to say 
How you get them is how you lose them. Yes. Is it a false statement for this relationship? No, because as I told you guys, um, Neo's original relationship with, that he left Crystal, no, that he left uh, f- to be with Crystal was with uh, Candy's friend, currently on Real Housewives of Atlanta, Moneta Shaw. So, you know, we can't really say that we're all that surprised. I feel bad for Crystal and the children that they had, but damn, I mean, this is coming off of the back of Amonetta claiming that she had her tubes tied because they were under the explicit understanding that both of them would be doing, like he would be getting a vasectomy, she would be doing that because they were done with their family, only to find out that he was not done and he also wasn't done um, being in a relationship with other people. So, you know, Neo sounds like a bad guy. I think at the end of the day, the common denominator is him. Okay. Moving on to some news that might only be exciting to definitely me and maybe like the 12 of you who have been around since the early days. You guys, I'm like shaking. I'm so excited. Um, so it was announced that um, yada, yada, yada. Um, Ellen Pompeo is going to be scaling back her role at Grey's Anatomy. You guys, I, I don't watch that show. I don't, I don't care. Okay. Not the point. The point is that shout out to my friend Shira, who sent me this uh, article and was like, girl, you got to read this. Um, part of the reason for her scaling back is that she has signed on to a new project. Whew, okay. In tandem with the shift at Grey's, the article says Pompeo has signed on to star in Hulu's upcoming limited series Orphan. Based on the true story of Ukrainian-born Natalia Grace, whose adoptive parents in the U.S. claimed that she was an adult sociopath pretending to be a child. (gasps) Ellen will also be serving as the executive producer for the project. Again, I don't care. The point is, Natalia Grace, you guys, if you don't know this story, run. Don't walk. It is a wild tale. Um, there is a Dr. Phil episode about it. But long story short, a uh, family in, I believe, Florida or somewhere in America adopt a, uh, what they think is a little girl. And then the reason why this became a whole thing is because that girl had later been basically abandoned by her adoptive parents. Her parents claiming that she was not a child that they thought she was, but a fully grown adult and evil person who was like trying to kill them so please you guys please check it out it's such a good story and hulu you guys better do me right by giving me what i deserve i gotta say with all the streaming issues that are going on between hbo max and discovery plus and all of that in terms of like a limited series i think hulu is really killing it i think the dropout was incredible um incredible incredible stuff uh are you guys scared about the whole hbo max thing i don't know if i care i do care i if you guys don't know um they just announced huge news that discovery plus is going to be merging with uh hbo max and so basically if you guys know hbo max is pretty much all you know i mean their signature is uh original content and so Uh, a lot of those shows are really up for they're like in jeopardy in terms of whether or not they're going to continue because they're going to be folding, like I said, into discovery plus, but, uh, some of those, uh, original content shows like, you know, curb your enthusiasm, obsession, we can just 
pretty much assume that they're not going to go anywhere. But the other shows like and just like that. And the, I believe the other two hacks, um, sweet life rap shit that just came out with Issa Rae. A lot of those shows are in jeopardy in terms of being canceled. So, you know, scary times, scary times over in Hollyweird, isn't it? <laughs> Moving on. Gosh, let's talk about, we're going to have to move into the drama portion of the uh the episode and I'm by drama I mean like real drama for real um starting with a, an interview that just came out or ex- excerpts from an interview that just came out featuring none other than Popo Zhao himself Kevin Federline um he apparently has not done an interview in about 10 years and conveniently now that Britney Spears is out of her conservatorship he feels like talking and doing um what I hear is going to be an on-camera interview involving both Jaden and Sean Preston their two sons um like I said a couple of things have come out of course you know I don't know what the fuck they're going to be asking Kevin Federline about what has he been doing in the past 10 years (laughs) Girl, I don't know. Certainly not worthy of an on-screen interview. Seems like could have narrowed that down to a tweet. So obviously the um, big takeaway is are his feelings about uh, Brittany, the conservatorship, and also Brittany's relationship with their two sons. So he says... The boys have decided that they're not seeing her right now. It's been a few months since they've seen her. They made the decision not to go to the wedding. And he does say that they were happy for her and that they still wish Brittany the best. But they are dealing with a few things. I think one of them being they don't like her Instagram presence. They don't like her social media presence and that she's uh, had, I'm assuming, several pictures of her nude with little um, flower emojis on her nipples and nether regions. Um, I can understand how two teenage boys probably wouldn't want their mother, who is, you know, arguably the most famous woman in the world and certainly a woman who people are like definitely eagle-eyed um, paying attention to her Instagram stories. I, you know, I get it. I totally get how I wouldn't want my mommy's uh, yitties, mommy, my mom's yitties to be out on, on social media either. I get it. I totally get that. Um, So Kevin says, I try to explain to them, look, maybe that's just another way she tries to express herself, but that doesn't take away from the fact of what it does to them. It's tough, and I can't imagine how it feels to be a teenager having to go to high school. I, you know, will admit that I am particularly biased towards Brittany. I also have a big perspective on her that I think is, like, fair, which is that Brittany has a lot of growing pains to go through. And I think she is, I don't think it's unfair to say that she is uh, stunted in some respects. How could you not be if you've been under the thumb of dozens of people and taking drugs that you don't want to take and on birth control that you don't want to be on for 13 years like and understand I mean it would be weird almost if she wasn't right um so I think you know this thing is like a double-edged sword obviously I would prefer that Brittany be able to make her own decisions but I also think that there are um 
situations that, that caused her to get the conservatorship that were probably very valid in the beginning, but not worthy of having gone on for as long as they did. With that being said, um, I think we need to, and I think a lot of people are not going to be giving Brittany grace with regard to just how she's going to have to catch up with the world right? As an adult and navigating the culture and all of that, that is going to be probably some years before things even out. And I think that is a fair thing to say. And I think there's grace that we should all give her. Like, I think she should be allowed to make a few mistakes, right? Cause we all are. Um, with that being said, I don't know. No, I do know that this is not any of our business. Like, we don't need to know what the kids are feeling with regard to their mom unless they choose to share that. And still, I don't really think that's my business. Like these two are both under the age of 18 and it just feels yucky to be telling their business in this way. And I'm also not really sure, like, is it productive to put it out there? Like, and what's the goal here by telling us that you know like what's the aim because if like you're saying that they still love their mom and they support her then like okay then that I think is even more less of our business if if they have like I don't know like I just don't feel like it's our business shout out to my podcast <laughs> if I'm saying it you know and here's where that little chuckle really pisses me off. He also says that he believes that the conservatorship by Jamie saved Brittany. Um, and he says the whole thing has been hard to watch, harder to live through, harder to watch my boys go through than anything else. It's been tough. It's the most challenging thing I've ever had to do in my life. Again, I just, ugh, I don't know. Like <laughs> now I'm like, should I even take this out? It just feels icky. I, I just don't really know like what he gains from this. Like, what did he get from the daily mail for this? Like a $150 uh, gift card to Outback Steakhouse. Like, was it worth it? And like it, we see stills of this interview where he's like sitting there in his little champion slides with the boys, um, showcasing them. So I don't know. It just seems like they've always wanted to be pretty private and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Brittany actually has responded. She posted on her Instagram stories by saying, it saddens me to hear that my ex-husband has decided to discuss to discuss the relationship between me and my children. As we all know, raising teenage boys is never easy for anyone. It concerns me the fact that the reason is based on my Instagram. It was long before Instagram. I gave them everything, only one word, hurtful. I'll say it. My mother told me, you should give them to their dad. I'm sharing this because I can. Have a good day, folks. Three exclamation points. So, you know, listen, I'm not like the best Brittany uh, caption translator <laughs> but what i mean uh, i mean this is pretty straightforward for her to say that like this has nothing to do with her social media presence and it has i mean it sounds like she's saying that they're ungrateful <laughs> to me and that they've been having issues and her instagram is just like sounds like a uh what do you call it like a thing you just put in there you know what i mean <laughs> like an excuse um but yeah i mean it seems like Brittany might be revealing that their issues are actually deeper than her social media presence, which, you know, I don't know if that like helps <laughs> by saying that Brit, but okay. Um, 
so yeah and then the stuff about like my mother told me you should give them to your dad i ew, i don't know about that girl I don't, I don't know about that um so yeah i uh, <laughs> i don't know what to do with this speaking of things that make me uncomfortable do we want to talk about dane cook and his new child bride this 23 year old bride. Um, I had known about this weird ass relationship for quite some time. Shout out to my friend, Alexis Wilson, who has been, um, or had been for a while tweeting about their, uh, social media presence. But, uh, the article <laughs> that shocked the world came out last week saying that, um, Dane Cook marries or uh, gets engaged to his longtime girlfriend, 23. And the major question being, um, how long is long time are we talking here? If you're saying she's 23, um, five years, apparently (laughs) to his, uh, by the way, he's 50 to just make that very clear. Um, uh, so I did my research and then I ended up going down a very wild ride rabbit hole that somehow includes Vanderpump Rules and Tom Sandoval. So let's get into it. Um, so I'm looking through the articles and it, I'm trying to figure out like when exactly are they going to say that they met? Is this like a, uh, Wilmer Valderrama situation where they're just like, Oh, we were friends. And then suddenly the minute she turned 18, we decided that maybe it would be a good idea to date. Turns out that's exactly what happened. (sighs) Great. So, um, they alleged that back in 2016, uh, Kelsey, her name is Kelsey Taylor. She's a singer. Went to Dane's house for one of his infamous game nights apparently this is something that he does pretty frequently um he posts pictures of all the people that attend um quite frequently on social media and instagram especially so the i happened to look at a buzzfeed article that was talking about like you know digging through exactly when they met and they posted an instagram picture uh from that alleged game night which was october of 2016 it's still on dane's instagram and you can see the picture (laughs) They're saying that Kelsey was 17 and that she turned uh, 18 a few weeks later after that game night, right? I'm just trying to figure out who invited her. Because if you look at this picture, it's over a dozen people probably. And all of these people look like full-ass adults. And then here's Kelsey in the middle looking like a whole child. So it's uncomfortable to look at. <laughs> um, Dane's facial work is also uncomfortable to look at the whole situation is really uncomfortable if you think about it um so then i'm like looking through the tags right one of the people in the picture is seth green um his wife seth's wife is there and then i look over and i'm like there's this guy sitting here who is that guy because he was not tagged even though most of everybody in the picture was and I'm like thinking, I'm thinking, sending the picture over to my girls at Hollywood crime scene. Like, do you guys know who this guy is? And then it clicked. It clicked for me. You guys, this is going to get real dark. So the man that I recognize, his name is Isaac Cappy. I guess he was a man about town actor, obviously well enough connected in LA to know Seth Green and Dane Cook you know, whatever that means for Hollywood. Um, Isaac also was briefly in a band called Charles McMansion 
which was a duo between himself and Tom Sandoval of Vanderpump Rules. They did that song called Touch in Public. It was like a 70s kind of jokey song, right? So uh, years later, Isaac went down an interesting path. We'll say that um, a path that involved QAnon, a path that involved a lot of conspiracy theories, a path that involved him um, uh, accusing Seth Green of being a pedophile. And it ultimately ended with Isaac jumping off a bridge in Arizona. Okay, we'll just say that. Um, The interesting thing about that whole situation is that um, Tracy Morrissey, um, you can look at her Instagram. She has also done a lot of uh, research and there have been a lot of instances of Dane actively tagging girls anywhere between the ages of 15 and 20 and seemingly hanging out with them as though they are age peers and they are friends and like that's not totally weird and apparently prior to his relationship with Kelsey he was dating another 20 year old girl um so not to make any claims. I'm not going to be pointing the finger at Seth Green. I'm just saying there are some odd coincidences between Isaac's claim and Dane Cook's apparent penchant for younger girls. Um, There are a number of younger girls that have been to these game nights. Um, People like Bella Thorne, people like, um, Ooh, I'm not sure who, like uh, several young Hollywood girls, um, there was another girl in that picture from 2016 who is now on Euphoria, not a main cast member, but she is, she does, I guess had a, like a, I think she may have been one of uh, Cassie's friends from Euphoria. Um, this is weird. <laughs> this is very weird. Dane Cook is a very weird guy and they keep the comments on all of his Instagram posts are limited. Um, obviously you can imagine his, uh, proposal announcement is pretty much just two supporters. They're oddly not a single comment that, um, has questions or critiques about this relationship. Um, hmm. this is all real weird to me. Oh, I forgot to mention another thing in my research of Isaac, it had turned out that there had been, um, several articles posted about how Isaac had, um, um, excuse me, choked, allegedly choked Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's daughter, um, at, and a couple of these articles say at a game night. So, I don't know how many like of these major Hollywood game nights between teenage girls and men twice their age there are in Hollywood, probably a few, but I mean, you know, the coincidences are there. I feel really bad for Kelsey. Like there's just no accounting for the fact that not only is she 26 years younger than him, he also has so much more life experience just from being a celebrity and alleged comedian. Um, just like being out there and having access to any type of women he wanted, I'm sure between the years of 20, 
2002 and like 2008, probably. Um, I, I just like, there's really just no accounting for like, what do they have in common? You guys like, what could they possibly have in common? And how is it not weird? Like, how do men not look at themselves? Leonardo DiCaprio. How does he not look at himself in the mirror and think, why is it that I am only attracted to women between the ages of blank to 25? You know, Um, why is that? Is that something that maybe I should unpack? You know, if women have to always unpack their daddy issues, why are we not talking about your um, little girl issues? Why, why don't we ever have that conversation? Why don't we talk about that uh, in, in real time, not in retrospect? You know, why, don't, why aren't we actively talking about these now? Not when you're sitting in front of a jury, you know, let's, let's, let's maybe speed up the conversation. We can figure a lot of things out. Anyway, I'm going to keep the darkness train running. I'm so sorry, you guys, but Jeanette McCurdy, y'all, if you don't know who she is, I I barely do. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was too old to be watching iCarly. That's just my truth. But I know that she's from iCarly. Did this the Netflix? No, Nickelodeon show. Nickelodeon show. <laughs> and that was with Ariana Grande or did they do Sam and Cat? It doesn't matter. She was a Nickelodeon kid, and that's all you need to know. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. She wrote this memoir, it's about to come out, called I'm Glad My Mom Died. Very provocative title. And once I heard why uh, about her mom, I'm like, well, uh, you're right, sis. Can't, can't deny that. Um, so there was a New York Times profile that came out. There were several excerpts that came from the book. And in the book, she writes that... She writes about a person named the creator. Um, Obviously, they're not naming this person, just called the creator and how um, this person was uh, photographed her in her bikini during a wardrobe fitting. And this person also encouraged her to drink alcohol. She was a teenager when she was working um, on Netflix and 
the creator is um, a very interesting term because of Dan Schneider. There have been so many rumors about Dan Schneider who um, you can look on YouTube. There are many videos in which you can see him engaging in like overly physical and intimate behaviors with a lot of young cast stars uh, or uh, cast members. Um, um, just very strange. A lot of rumors, a lot of accusations that have been about him um, grooming actresses and being abusive towards them. And we're talking about actresses like from my age peers, like Amanda Bynes, um, you know, for a long time, a long, 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 long time. So, um, to go back to the reason why, uh, the book is called, I'm glad my mom is dead or I'm glad my mom died. Um, her mom's name is Deborah, and we're not even like, like mommy dearest is like child's play compared to um, how her mother allegedly cheated, treated uh, Jeanette. Deborah, by the way, died in 2013 from breast cancer. So she says that basically her mom was like dead set on her being a star. There was a time where Jeanette had maybe done an, uh, uh, she'd gone to a casting and maybe the audition didn't go well. And that it was like a total psycho moment. Like she's banging her fists on the steering wheel saying, you have to make it. You have to do this. We have to make it like you have to be a star. And then Jeanette, like as a child who's used to the abuse and navigating her abusive parent is like, oh, why don't we like listen to your favorite song? And then how she just like turned on, on a dime. And it was like she went from a monster to a total angel. And it was just like very, very strange. There are also allegations that her mother sexually abused her, um, that she basically did not give a fuck about her well-being and that it was just all about the money and all about Jeanette being a star. So sounds like a real asshole, that Deborah. Jeanette also says that there were situations that she didn't even tell her mom because she knew that her mom wouldn't have ever done anything. And that if she ever did complain to her, her mom would just be like, oh, well, that's just the price of fame and say, everyone wants what you have. So basically like suck it up, buttercup and get out there and smile. Jeanette also says that there was abuse that happened within the network and how she was under the impression that she was going to get her own spinoff after iCarly, but then they ended up doing Sam and Cat with Ariana Grande. So she had to share the stage with Ariana and I don't get the sense that she really enjoyed it. So um, according to the Times profile, Jeanette said that Nickelodeon prevented her from accepting any other career opportunities while she was filming Sam and Cat, but that those roles did not apply to Ariana. What finally undid me was when Ariana came whistle toning in with excitement because she had spent the previous evening playing charades at Tom Hanks's house. That was the moment I broke. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. Um, she also says that after Sam and Cat was cat and was canceled in 2014, the network offered her a three hundred thousand uh, dollar bribe, basically to not speak up publicly about her time at Nickelodeon, which she declined. And she says in the book, Nickelodeon is offering me three hundred thousand dollars in hush money to not talk publicly about my experience on the show. 
my personal experience of the creator's abuse. This is a network with shows made for children. Shouldn't they have some sort of moral compass? Shouldn't they at least try to report to some sort of ethical standard? Great question. I mean, like I said, these rumors about uh, Dan Schneider have been out for at least a decade. So I have really, I think a lot of us have just been waiting for the shoe to drop and for his expose to come out, much like it has, you know, Weinstein, R. Kelly, all these, all those people, you know? So I really hope that it does because, I mean, there have been, there's been so much evidence of these girls, like, and guys, I think, from Nickelodeon saying or like trying to speak out. And it almost seems like everybody, like I said, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Everybody is just kind of waiting for somebody to finally say something and then everything's going to come out. And I hope it does, because like I said, these are teenagers having to deal with a grown ass man who's in a position of very high power over them and like, fuck him if he took advantage of that even for a moment. Okay, guys. We're going to have to get into the Kardashian corner. I'm so sorry. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've taken our break from the Kardashians on Hulu, which, um, by the way, uh, starts in about six weeks. If you guys just want to keep that in your mind uh, while I talk about all of the things that are happening in the uh, Kardashian universe, so to speak. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about Kanye since he's, you know, basically the Pluto of the Kardashian uh, planets at this point. But um Kim and Kanye are still trying to divorce. Okay. Do you guys know that? Still, still. And now Kanye is on Divorce Lawyer 5. And you know what? She wants out. So on Friday, Kim and Kanye had a trial setting conference as part of their divorce. But Kanye's current divorce attorney attorney named Samantha Spector um, says that she and her... She and she and Kanye's relationship is irretrievably broken. She wouldn't go into the details why, but she did ask the judge to relieve her as counsel. Um, she was supposed to officially withdraw. Why can't I speak? She was supposed to officially withdraw from the case um, this week, but the judge granted her request on Friday. So she officially um, is out. And now Kanye has to scramble to find a sixth lawyer. <laughs> so also what happened during this, uh, uh, conference, the judge told Kanye, you need to fi- uh, submit your financial declarations so that they can settle whatever issues they have that are left, or the case is going to have to go to trial in December with no excuses. Um, but if Kanye decides not to do that, then, more likely when the case does go to the judge in December, uh, Kim will get anything she wants. So, you know, I feel like Kim doesn't probably really want anything more other than for her to just be divorced. So I can't really imagine her taking advantage of that. But like, you know, people call her such a gold digger and stuff. And I hate when I have to defend her. But like, at the end of the day, she's the one who wants to get a divorce and he's the one dragging his feet and sending trucks to her, uh, fold with like black roses in the, in the trunk and doing all this weird shit. But like, she wants out and he's the one who won't let her. So let's really put that into perspective. And at this point, this man has been in more relationships since they've broken up than Kim has. 
So why isn't he more motivated to be single than she is? Speaking of relationships, I guess Kim isn't in one anymore because uh, late Friday it was announced that she and Pete broke up. Uh, Oh no. Oh no, guys. (laughs) I mean, I never... Since October, when they officially went, came out as a couple, I've not once been able to wrap my mind around how I feel about them as a relationship, but it has been, um, at times funny, confusing, um, funny and confusing. I'm laughing while I'm confused and also just like nothing, feeling nothing at all, so I don't know. Like, do you think that there are actually people who are upset about them breaking up? Like, really? (laughs) I hope not. I swear that I saw an article that basically intimated that Pete was annoyed with Kim, but I can't find it. Um, But from what I remember of that article, it was basically like... um, it really made it seem like he was really annoyed by her and that she kept like trying to force the relationship, but he was over it at that point. Um, God, I wish I could find that article. You know, I bet that got scrubbed so quickly. Jennifer communications was like, no ma'am, no ma'am. We're not going to put out an article in which my daughter is getting rejected by this one. Okay. By the, by the, um, spokesperson for manscaped. Not not on my watch. (laughs) But there are other articles that said, you know, it's their age difference because Pete's 28 to Kim's 41 and how they're just in different places in their life. Kelsey and Dane. Maybe we should think about that. Um, But it goes on to say that Pete is totally spontaneous and impulsive and he wants her to fly to New York or whatever he is on a moment's notice. But Kim has four kids and it isn't that easy. She needs to focus on the kids. Um, and it also says that Kim is totally exhausted by this relationship and the other things going on in her life. Those other things being Kanye. Um, this is interesting to me because it's basically the exact same thing that she was saying about Kanye, that she, you know, has kids and she wants them to be stable and they can't go to Wyoming for three months and then Chicago for nine months and then here, there and everywhere. And they can't just like chase each other around the globe. Um, but I mean, I think it's very different when he's working and you know, he's going to come back versus whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. But I do think it's funny that just like two weeks ago, he, Pete, or like maybe a month ago, Pete got another tattoo about the relationship, putting that tally up to, I don't know, 27 over the course of these few months. And by the way, he said that by the time he turned 30, he was going to get rid of all of his tattoos. So I don't know what happened to that, but the last tattoo that he got for Kim was one on his clavicle that said Jasmine and the infinity symbol, and then Aladdin to commemorate their first kiss on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so, I really don't know. Uh, my predictions for this, I, there have been a lot of rumors uh, in the past couple of weeks that they were going to break up. So now um, the Kardashian side of TikTok is really like 
wetting their little panties because they got this right. You guys, I don't like Kardashian TikTok. I'm, I'm just going to say it. And honestly, I'm going to say this. I think that I'm really missing out on like a lot of money by not uh, putting my hat into the ring on that. And maybe that's something I need to consider <laughs> because every video I see, I'm like, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> Please stop talking. You guys are getting poop out of your mouths. All you guys just do is poop mouth and I don't want to hear it. It's so annoying. <laughs> and it's wrong. You guys, they're loud and wrong and that's what bothers me. And like, I really could do like 72 duet videos right after the other and, and tell them why they're wrong. But I'm not going to do that. You know, you got to let the have, kids have fun sometimes. But also at some point, mommy's going to have to step in because you guys are really just like talking crazy. But I will say that my prediction is that I think they're going to get back together. I think once he gets back from Australia and he's like, I mean, what else is he going to do? Really? He's not on SNL anymore. He can be in LA as soon as he gets back from this movie shoot. Like what else is he going to do? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I think they're really going to get back together. I, I think this is just like a, excuse me, temporary situation. And to round out our news, uh, Chloe, Chloe had her baby or via surrogate. So congratulations to Chloe and true congratulations to true congratulations to true. Um, you know, we could talk about how interesting it is that this relationship pretty much lasted the entirety of the time that Chloe was able to have this baby and how the news of the breakup came like hours before the news of Chloe having the baby. You want, we could talk about that. That I think might be interesting. Do you also think it's weird that Chloe, nope, Courtney and <laughs> Travis have been significantly less horny or am I just paying less attention to them? Are they still embarrassing themselves by like, they've really been engaging in a lot of foot play. Um, um, we're seeing a lot of uh, Travis's foot fetish and so that's interesting and maybe because I hate feet you guys I'm like actively avoiding that I just like can't the point is I haven't seen either of their tongues in at least six weeks and that's a record you guys the Jersey girls are fighting okay and I'm here for it. As y'all know, by this time, Teresa Judice got married to Louie, that man, Louie. And um, it was a wow, 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 wee, wow. <laughs> Shout out to Princess, host of Bye Pumpkin. She has a theory that, you know, we haven't seen the Judice German shepherds in quite some time and that they seem to show up in a very special way, um, cascading down Teresa's back in the form of a ponytail. Uh, she said that not me. <laughs> there were also several of you who asked if perhaps Teresa's dress was from Sandra Celli. As you guys know, she is the top designer for a little show called uh my big fat american gypsy wedding um y'all ask that i didn't say anything okay i did not say a thing a few of you may have suggested that perhaps Teresa looked a lot like gwen shamblin from the way down the hbo max docuseries again y'all said that not me i'm just reporting what i saw with my eyes 
I just merely said that she looked like Cher from Mermaids and several of you actually were upset with me because you said that was too much of a compliment. I was trying to be nice and y'all are the ones who brought me down here, okay? I'm trying to be a good girl. It's your fault. (laughs) At any rate, this really seemed like they pulled out all of the stops and officially coronated Teresa Judice as the queen of New Jersey. Okay. The, the, um, (laughs) the smoke during their first dance, the, someone in the article for the wedding, it said that they had chosen, um, either the, what they walked down the aisle, maybe their first dance was, um, Rihanna's shine bright like a diamond, which is not the title of the song. It's diamonds. Um, it really felt like, the whole write-up for the article, the details was written by Teresa. I think it was on Daily Mail, so check it out. It it feels amateur, to say the least. Um, so many people were in attendance uh, in terms of housewives, everywhere from Dorinda, I'm on pause medley, to Cynthia and Kenya from Atlanta, Ashley Darby from Potomac, um, Alexia from Miami, uh, all of the New Jersey housewives, except her very own sister-in-law, Melissa Gorga, and her brother Joey. So the rumor on the street is that they had their finale taping earlier this week, and Things really came to a head because once again, Teresa was trying to uh, divide Joe and Melissa by spreading a rumor that perhaps allegedly Melissa had been stepping out on Joe. Um, They, Joe and Melissa, became a united front and apparently there have also been... uh, accelerating tensions between Joey Gorga and uh, Louie. So they said, fuck y'all. They went on Instagram stories with Melissa's family and a bunch of their friends and doing uh, fast and the furious rules about how like, you know, your family blood doesn't always mean family. Um, You know, when you, or out of control, you're in control or whatever they say. Um, And yeah, it just seems like really messy. But like, do we need this again? Like, why don't we just call it? Okay, why don't we just get them in a room? And by them, I mean Tree, Joe, Melissa, and say, you guys. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've tried. 
you haven't tried, but we've done this. We've been down this path so many times. There are divots in the road with all your customized footsteps on it. Like you guys have the path. It's so beaten down. The horse is beaten down. The horse is no longer. I said, uncle, we're all saying uncle to this relationship. I just want to put them in a room and say, you guys, it's okay. You don't have to do this. You don't have to try. You don't have to be friends with each other. You don't even have to like be friendly filming. Like just, can we just come up with a plan in which you guys are like high and by friends and we keep it at that. I think that's all you need. You know, they're right. Not all of your family is blood and figure it out. You guys have been doing this. We, and all of us, all of America has been on this merry-go-round of y'all's relationship, but y'all don't like each other. So why don't we just say that? Like, it's okay that you guys don't like each other. It's okay that you guys don't even love each other. You don't really want to be friends. You don't want to kick it. You don't want to go to Missy G's shore house. You don't want the sprinkle cookies. We don't want the pinoli cookies. Um, you know, um, who's showing up to the christening, who's getting in a fight, Joe's hairspray, um, trying to look like he's bald is on the wall and we're cleaning that up. Melissa's begging, uh, to Jesus to, to, for them to be friends. Uh, she doesn't like you. Teresa does not like you. She, Chanel Ayan, Chanel Ayan from Real Housewives of Dubai was at that wedding and not her own sister-in-law. How the fuck would, did Teresa and Chanel have time to even be friends? How how does she have time for them to be friends and to put the invitation in the mail and for it to get all the way to Dubai? How did that even happen? I mean, my God, like, why was Chanel there? I mean, shout out to her being there, but why was she there? They're not friends. Come on. And to wrap up this episode, guys, really good segues talking about another family who really should probably just stop talking to each other. Shocking news coming out of the Plathville uh, universe. They just ended their season four finale last week and on Wednesday and on Friday, um, there was a joint announcement posted on Instagram by, from what I could tell, um, Micah, Mariah, Lydia, and I also believe Isaac, but I don't follow him on Instagram. They all posted the following five slide message. Y'all, holy shit. So starts off by saying, we as a family have decided not to be divided anymore. There was a lot more to the story than what you all have seen on the show. And while we understand that this is a TV show and we are not in control of how the show is edited, we're actually a family that is full of love and respect for each other. That being said, we as a family are not going to sit back and watch as our family is driven apart. For example, we wanted to clear up something that Olivia said during the last episode. What Olivia said about our mom using Ethan's credit card was not the full story. Mom and Ethan had a business agreement in which Ethan earned a good bit of money, and both parties were aware of any transactions that were made. Our mom should have had the opportunity to defend herself and tell her side of the story. Some of us kids have been rebels and are finding our place in life and are very thankful to be supported and unconditionally loved by our family, no matter what choices we make or who we become. Please remember that we are human and we do make mistakes. Nobody is perfect and we continue to learn and grow with every day. No, not one person is at fault. We also have younger siblings that are very vulnerable, excuse me, we also have younger siblings that are at very vulnerable ages, and this is not very fair or healthy for them. We've come to the realization that unless we speak up, this cycle will never end. 
We ask that you have compassion for us and understand that not everything you see on the show is is as it actually is in real life. Thank you for your continued support. Family first, exclamation point, with love from the Plath family. I mean, first of all, (laughs) I mean... We let's not even get into like the grammatical errors and and just like the odd way this is written. Um, obviously, to me, this is written by Kim, <laughs> and then she decides to switch it into this like uh, we wrote this as siblings situation. I want to go back to what they said about the credit card because that to me is the most interesting point. Um, for those of you who don't watch the show, there have been a big rift between the mother, Kim, and several of the older uh, children over the years that has now developed into some of the kids regaining their relationship with their parents. And there's basically just one holdout who is Ethan, who is married to a woman named Olivia, who has her own issues with Kim. Um, And it's really like becoming an increasingly uncomfortable thing to navigate how some of them are trying to rebuild their relationship with their mom, but Olivia's like not really trying to have it, especially with regard to her own husband. So there have been a lot of questions as to what exactly is Olivia's issue with uh, her mother-in-law because it's never really been said. And she did say in the show that there were several W2F moments, but essentially what she said is when she met Kim, Kim took her under her wing as like another daughter. Olivia was missing her relationship with her mother because she's one of a whole bunch of kids and her mom just didn't have time for that. And so It quickly became an unhealthy relationship in which Olivia felt like she had to be perfect around Kim or Kim would uh, shut her out. Um, But also she mentioned the biggest thing, which is that uh, when she married Ethan, he was 20 and she discovered that Ethan um, had a credit card that his mom was using to make purchases and not pay Ethan back and that Ethan did not have access to either the family computer password or uh, the access to the credit card, like the password to change the pin or whatever on the credit card. So Olivia was able to do it. And when Kim found out that was like their first fight and like the first time they really got into it and Kim slammed the door in her face, whatever. So going back to the statement, it says mom and Ethan had a business agreement in which Ethan earned a good bit of money and both parties were aware of any transactions were made that were made. Um, and our mom should have had the opportunity to defend herself. What does that have to do with anything? Like you guys had a business agreement, Ethan made a good bit of money, but what does that have to do with you making purchases on the card? You know what I mean? Like, what does that have to do with anything? The only thing that I can decipher is that they had a business agreement. Ethan made the money in that maybe Kim took her payment for that business agreement in the, in, in terms of like charges on the business card and just like assume that Ethan would pay that. That was the only thing I made that would make sense. But like, why wouldn't Ethan tell that to Olivia if that was the arrangement? Like, she would have known that, right? I also think that the editing burned us and did us dirty is like 
such a classic excuse given by typically the villains of the show is that like something was edited incorrectly. Uh, I'm not going to sit by and watch you guys drive our family apart through this editing. And it's like, well, you guys kind of asked for that. You know, <laughs> you guys chose to be on the show. You know that, right? And like with that, you choose to show the good, the bad and the ugly ugly mostly being Kim's behavior (laughs) and so to act like this situation is the one that is driving their family apart when we met the family the family was already driven apart by Kim's actions I just really think it's unfair to them being like this one thing four seasons in is like the thing that's really driving our family apart and also if you want to talk about the younger siblings that are at a vulnerable age and how this isn't healthy for them, don't have them on a show. Duh. (laughs) So I've been patiently awaiting Olivia's response on here because I figured, and I told Jesse, shout out to you, Jesse, that I was positive. Olivia was blasting. Look what you made me do by Taylor Swift in her headphones while like furiously typing away at her phone, some sort of response or rebuttal. However, she's really not said much at all. And, but really like in a very subtle way, which I'm kind of appreciating. So, um, there was a person who commented on one of her posts that the Plath family post has me worried for you, dot, dot, dot. And she responded, dysfunctional systems like to protect dysfunction. Um, she is also on some sort of like European vacation with Ethan right now. And they have not said anything. They seem to be having a great time. Last I checked, they were playing Uno and Kiki ended up with each other. So <laughs> I don't know. I really, when I initially read that statement, I figured because at the end of the season, it very much is giving that Ethan is emotionally drained uh, and done with Olivia and all the drama between Olivia and his mom. I figured that this was the official statement that Ethan was also like, uh, fuck you, Olivia, we're family and we're going to ma- remain that way. But it does not seem to be the case. He seems pleased as punch to be in Italy playing Uno. So I find this all very interesting and this is going to make for a very interesting next season. Um, and I also didn't know what the exact timeline was with the end of the season and now, and it's a very close turnover. The finale was what Wednesday and it featured Ethan's birthday, which was in May. So we're talking, you know, like uh, not even a couple of months <laughs> since the, they actually finished, uh, rapping. So uh, we'll see. I I'm very interested, interested in seeing how this pans out. And if I find any updates, you guys can follow me on Instagram at everyone's business, but mine, I'll definitely post that or maybe on my Twitter Um, but with that guys, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me next. You'll hear me this week. We'll be talking about, uh, seeking sister wife and, you know, maybe more treats to come. So thank y'all so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.